Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We are continuing this day with a little bit of a company introduction and corporate update from Gianni Metals. They do trade on the TSX Venture with the symbol EMM. We're going to talk some battery-grade manganese. And, uh, you know, a lot of people listening to this podcast will remember of my fondness for Botswana. That's where I originally got my start in this business, working with the Comocal Copper Project. Obviously, good news out of that project here recently towards the end of 2023. So we're going to return to Botswana and talk some manganese with Director and CEO, Mr. Danny Keating. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Charlotte. It's great to be here. Yeah. All right. So let's get that 30,000-foot view of Gianni Metals and manganese. Uh, this is a little bit of an interesting metal. We don't talk much about at all, and I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure it catches people by surprise a little bit. It does, and I think uh, it's it's kind of known as the forgotten metal, and I think that's why the the profile is uh, is low, and and obviously now is there's quite a change in that. Um, I think historically people have looked at the uh, the battery industry and recognised the that in the lithium ion battery space, obviously lithium is incredibly important. And it's been everyone knows about lithium projects and, and a lot of excitement there. But the other components within this battery chemistry that goes into making the batteries for EV cars relates to nickel, cobalt, and manganese, and, and high-purity manganese. So it's different from the manganese we've all heard of before that typically has um, is used in the steel industry. This is a different product. It's a very high-specific um, purity material. And so that's why I think it's, it's sort of coming onto people's radars now is the, is the demand for for battery um, uh, EV batteries increases uh, and therefore the demand for the, these components, i.e. Uh, the high purity manganese, increases. Uh, so we're now sort of seeing people who are looking around and saying, well, where's the supply into the future coming from? And, uh, and as for an industry that historically didn't have a lot of it, attract a lot of investment uh, and it's underinvested in that regard, therefore um, we're seeing a huge opportunity in terms of what we think the future, the next few years, holds for this uh, this commodity. Um, so that's the sort of um, area. I mean, I, I I started working for the company about nine months ago and sort of started looking at what attracted me to the com- to the project itself. And there was kind of three elements. One was the growth that I saw in the in the product, which is always important when you when you're looking at a product product uh, project. Can you see growth in the revenue line? Um, second was the stage of project development. Um, you know, it's a very advanced stage uh, feasibility study project. I'll, we're developing a demonstration plant in South Africa. I'll give you a lot more information on that. And then also the country. You want to be in an environment where even if you have a good product and you have a good project, if it's in the wrong country and you can't develop it, then then we've all seen lots of mining projects die because they, they're just in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you alluded to there, Botswana is most definitely the right place. Yes, uh, it, it's an incredible country to be exploring and mining. Uh, and you can just look at recent history within the sector there in Botswana to get a better understanding. But this project, I, mean, I think once I started digging deeper into Cahill, uh, you know, I think I was, a, I was a little bit surprised with just how far advanced this project really is. Not as far as advanced as far as development, but also the size of this thing. Uh, you know, it was a busy 2023. In the summer, you announced a huge increase in your indicated mineral resources at Cahill. Shortly after that, you published the PEA. Uh, a 57-year project life currently sits at a, you know, it's a base case, $983 million uh, post-tax NPV uh, with the, um, 
with the upside case of $1.6 billion. So we can kind of talk about those economics a little bit. Uh, and then you announced a financing of $60 million. Uh, so, I mean, it, it was a very busy 2023. Uh, you know, so can talk about, you know, the importance of this year. And, you know, maybe let's just jump into the economics of, of where this project sits. And maybe with the backdrop of what the manganese market has been doing recently. Yeah, so obviously when we look at the project, uh, the most important area we focus on is the revenue line, very important to obviously all mining projects. Uh, what we've seen um, within across the world is obviously the shift and the transfer in terms of transition to electric vehicles and, and the increasing demand uh, for, for those vehicles, which obviously translates into a tremendous increase in, in the batteries within those vehicles. So we've obviously seen the, the, the boom in terms of, of lithium, but obviously with all the other characteristics uh, minerals that go into the, the batteries. We've also seen uh, a rise in the demand for high-purity manganese. So w- when we look at the change um, uh, within a, a growth line of, of increasing demand for EVs combined with what we're also seeing in battery chemistry is more use of manganese. The high-purity manganese uh, is a very important characteristic that's being added uh, increasingly to the battery chemistries because it stabilizes uh, the batteries, but also increases the range the driving range and and that's a very important aspect for the consumers of of um, electric vehicle cars not only do they want very quick um, charging times but they also want to know that the vehicle is going to uh, be able to drive for 200 300 uh, miles like like the old uh, gas and um, um, diesel uh, sort of cars used to so that that's mm-hmm. a big change so we've got this combination of two effects not just the the rising ev but an intensity of use increase, so that gives us a double whammy in terms of the, the demand that we're seeing on the on the um, high purity manganese side. Um, and then that also comes through. We're, we're sort of seeing, um, you know, the 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 added layer to this is, is is things around the vast majority of of high purity manganese historically has been produced in China. Over ninety five percent was was Chinese produced, and so. With the world that's moving in America and the U.S. in terms of the IRA um, Inflation Reduction Act uh, requirements, where the push is to make sure that there isn't um, the, the materials that are coming in are from um, non-Chinese sources, effectively. It's uh, and and within Europe, there's limitations in their critical minerals acts in terms of um, one supplier uh, supplying all of these critical metals. What we're seeing is a shift where this industry not only has again the the EV market going up greater intensity of use of uh, manganese, but there isn't really any production outside of China. So we have to develop all of this new production outside of of China. So there's these three factors that are combining, in our view, which are fantastic, which means we're seeing massive um, demand for the product and and the need to develop projects outside of of China, um, Mm -hmm. which leads us to the project here in in Botswana that we've been, been focused on. Um, and so that's the thematic that we look at from the revenue line, which drives a lot of the economics. Uh, real quick, I, I know we, we kind of dug a little bit into the Inflation Reduction Act here in the United States. And, you know, there's this laddered process. Eventually, uh, batteries will and the resources need to produce the batteries will need to be uh, produced by trading partners of the United States. Where does Botswana sit? in partnership with United States manufacturers? Uh, currently, yeah, as you say, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act targets uh, free trade agreement countries, um, right. of which Botswana isn't one currently. 
Um, but the other part of that uh, act is that it also looks to encourage downstream um, development or, or value add within North America. And so what we're focused on is we, we have been advocating both with the Botswana government uh, and also with the U.S. government uh, in Botswana and, 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 and within Washington for there to be a realization that the FTA was a good start for that, doc, for that legislation, but probably needs to expand uh, beyond just FTA. And, and obviously the purpose of it was to attract and secure metals. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, in countries like the DRC uh, or Indonesia, they don't have FTA. So it, it needs to progress to that ne- next step. But yeah. we're quite comfortable that, the, that, that it's likely that within the value add proposition. So if we sell our product into the U.S. or North American market, uh, we sell into a, um, the different stages of pre-cam um, uh, cathode activated material sort of uh, producers who then sell onto the, the ultimate battery producer who then moves it onto the the OEM, the the car manufacturer, that there's a huge amount of downstream value add that will actually be taking place within the North American market. And so we're looking and we'll complete the analysis, but we're quite comfortable that we'll probably be within that frame of of the value add uh, being the majority within within North America. And so therefore, this material hopefully should qualify within the the tax um, uh, concessions that are offered through um, the, the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, okay. So we might be able to get there, even though Botswana at this stage hasn't maybe qualified as a, as a country uh, in its own right. Right. Okay. Uh, Danny, I'm hoping you can be a little bit of an educator here and, and, and me and the listeners, the students, and I, just because I'm so unfamiliar with manganese and I'm looking at this – um, you know, this process uh, through your preliminary economic assessment, and I'm seeing uh, your your resource estimate allows for high-grade mine scheduling at an average plant feed grade of just over 19% manganese oxide with the first five years of production and an average grade of 17.3% for the first 25 years of production. I mean, talk to me about these grades because you – I'm looking at these grades and typically I'm coming from more of like, you know, precious metals and some maybe base metals, industrial metals type grades and it seems awfully high. Where do these grades sit in relationship to other manganese deposits throughout the world? Yeah, so I'll take us back a bit. Obviously, historically, most manganese has been developed and and produced to go into the steel industry where you see uh, much higher grades and that's typically a carbonate material. Uh, and and that goes into you know that these very high volume, uh, quite low, low margin businesses, and they, and they ship you know product around the world, China, Japanese steel, uh, steel mills, etc. Uh, and that's historically been most of the focus. Uh, with the sort of development of this new industry, where the focus has been on uh, is is manganese oxides, and that's the important bit here in terms of this deposit is a manganese oxide. And within the peer group, and there, there are a few companies listed uh, and also private in the space, we have one of the highest uh, manganese oxide grades compared to our peer group. Uh, and and it, there's a big distinction here that if you don't have the oxide, you have to, if you have the, the, the carbonate, you've got to go through a process, maybe running it through kilns uh, to, to drive off the CO2 and, and then get yourself to an oxide to then go into the, into the, um, uh, the hydromet leach process that we have and, and that most people are looking at. So we have to keep in mind that obviously the objective of, of energy transition here is that we reduce the amount of CO2 units that not only that obviously the cars are producing, but obviously all the way through the footprint of all the metals that go in there. And so by using the um, manganese oxide, we're able to immediately have a, an advantage in terms of keeping the CO2 
uh, footprint of the overall the end product at, at the lowest possible level. Um, you know, and that's a deliberate strategy that we also have in, in terms of using solar power and various other things to make sure that at the end of the day, the the, the footprint must be must be lower than than um, and keep the, the CO two footprint to a minimum. So that's an important aspect. Um, and also in terms of the PA, we we uh, as a business when. Um, just give you a bit of background. Uh, at the end of 2022, uh, the, the company delivered a feasibility study um, uh, for, for the project, but it was based on a much smaller resource. The resource at the time was only basically allowed about a 12-year life of mine. Um, and that was published, as I say, at the end of 2022. And so when I came into the business in in March last year, I, I looked and felt that that, that was a huge constraint. Um, when you're trying to link into uh, OEM groups who are looking for long-term partnerships. They want 25, 30 years of partnership. They're going to make massive investments in their plants and facilities. They want to know that the supply of material is going to be consistent and for a number of years. And 12 years was a bit too short for them to, to seriously engage with. And so um, we set about uh, with the increasing the resource as a starting point. You've got to have more resource. And we were able to uh, triple that. And, and that was a, an astounding uh, outcome for us. Um, and then we're very determined to sort of say, well, what we have this huge technical base, we have a feasibility study, but we need to kind of contextualize what does this scale of resource mean? Um, and so we, we did the PEA. Uh, it was kind of a step back uh, from where we were, but it was very important for us to demonstrate a, you know, as, as, as that number says, 57 years of life of project suddenly sort of says, wow, this is a generational type of, of project. Um, people can bank on this for into the future, the OEMs and the like. Um, and that was very important. Plus, obviously, when you have a scale of project like this, you can then do upside cases. Should we double production? Can we manage our market share uh, in the future uh, and making sure that um, we're able to supply to customers consistently? And if they expand, then we can also meet that um, and also drove the economics uh, uh, to a higher point. You know, we have a, a billion dollar project here on our base case. And, and that was also important to demonstrate to our shareholders that they although our share price doesn't actually always reflect it, uh, they are sitting on a, a tremendous uh, asset and it and has a huge value. Uh, and we want to make sure that that was recognized. Um, so it was a bit of a, a step in a way uh, to, to do the PA, but we were very confident that we wanted to, to, to recalibrate the business, long life, a high value asset kind of thing. Um, and then what we're doing now is, is and I'll come to it because you, you raised the point, the busy year of the fundraise, is we're moving forward and we're going to do a demonstration plant, which is very important in the in the battery industry to, to you know for all of the whether it's lithium or, or, or high purity manganese, you have to go down the route of building demonstration plants, and that was a lot of why we raised the money at the end of the end of the year. Ah, uh, okay, okay, very good. Well, you continue to also de-risk this project. Last week, uh, you know, the first news of the year, you announced that you have received the environmental authorization for the project. Uh, from uh, from the uh, uh, from the government department of mines in Botswana, there, uh, this is an important. Tell us how this sets up K Hill. Uh, you know, again, it's still fairly early, just a PEA. But how does this set up de-risking going into you know further technical reports? Yeah, so um, very important milestone to achieve, right? Uh, environmental authorization um, or EIA, depending on the country you're working in. Um, you know, a lot of com companies spend years uh, trying to get these sort of approvals, and, and we've, we've succeeded in that. It's very important. Uh, it was achieved in less than a year and nine months uh, sort of time. 
Um, so, you know, that goes to the heart of, as you were sort of saying around Botswana, it's, it's definitely a country where you have a very responsive government. You have a government that wants to see mining projects succeed and move forward um, because uh, mining projects in Botswana bring bring jobs, they bring development and, and, and are good for, for the community. So as long as you're operating in the, in the correct fashion to the right standards, uh, the government is very supportive. And so, uh, you know, we've seen that. Um, your experience, as you were mentioning, with the Kamakar project is, is also evidence of that. Um, so, so we were very, you know, very delighted to get that 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 approval, um, and from that then allowed it was a, it was a key. Obviously, you need that approval to make your mining license application. So we were able to submit that at the end of the year and start that process. Um, it'll take us forward through um, probably over the next uh, three to six months to get that that license in place, um, and that's a very important step, you know, in terms of um, as I said earlier about having the right project having the right uh, you know product but also being in the right country which which Botswana is um, you know being able to sort of advance your project uh, meet milestones and, and get it permitted and licensing licensed is is incredibly important yeah no absolutely okay uh, so it's going to be another important year here Danny and so there's going to be a lot more news here in the new year uh, give us a sense of what the expectations are for the team for 2024 and you know kind of what the pathway forward looks like Sure. I think the two key work areas, and, and there's a lot more than that, but the two key ones for for your listeners and any investors to to, to to look at is one, the demonstration plant. So in the in the battery space, unlike maybe copper or gold, where 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 it's the, the processing is very well understood and, and the delivery of the product is very well understood. In this this market, this is an evolving market where the product specification is so high and demanding for for the, the batteries that we and, and, and you see this in the lithium space elsewhere, you have to go from not only doing um, uh, uh, pilot testing but uh, or batch testing, you have to go all the way to literally building a demonstration, a mini production plant. So we've been in the process of finalizing the construction of that plant in Johannesburg. Um, and this is a very sizable facility. You know, it's 100 meter long, 150 meter long, uh, 15 meter high crystallizers that we have in place. It's, it's an incredibly large facility. But that will allow us over this year to not only finish construction, but 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 you're then able to put. Um, we have 100 tons of material that'll go through it. We'll develop the product. We 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 iron out any issues in terms of our process. So we confirm our process. We make sure we fully understand that and 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 work through any issues we have there. Um, it also allows us to deliver product consistently, mm. and we're then able to send the product off to all the customers so that they can test it in their facilities. They can test it with their customers. It's 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 a chain of of testing. And so when we get to the end of, of this year, we were in a position to sit with our customers who know the product we're going to produce. They know we can consistently produce it through our demonstration plant. So we, we massively de-risk the next step, which is obviously building the commercial plant in Botswana. Um, so this is a, a big step for us. So that's, that's what we're concentrated on this year is, is moving through that construction uh, to, and getting product to our, our customers or potential customers and, and, and ultimately getting them, you know, we want to finance this project. We're going to need some offtake agreements from them. So that's, that's the process we go through there. Um, mm -hmm. And then on the other big work stream is, is uh, we have, we're going to do a, what we call an optimized or a, a, a DFS, um, an update, um, because what we're very conscious of is um, we, we did the, the, the feasibility study uh, in 2022 and, and the PA last year, 
but we need to by the time we come to the end of the year we will need to have refreshed all of the capex we will have a lot of information from the plant that we can include in that study um, we're undertaking obviously a, another field work program um, you know increased drilling geotech geohydrology all of these sort of things we want to get towards um, the end of next next quarter uh, sorry quarter one 2025 so 15 months from now where we have a fully up-to-date um, a definitive feasibility study. We have all of the learnings from the plant. We have offtakes potentially in place from our our uh, customers. Um, going back to the permits and licensing point, we've got our mining license and that sort of side in place. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're ready to, to enter serious discussions with the lenders and the investors about raising the, 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 the finance for the capital and the development and, and construction of the project. Um, we see those as the ingredients that need to be in place to really, you know, get the the, the lenders um, uh, involved and, and wanting to fund the project. So that's that's our target over the next 12, 15 months. All right. Well, it's it's a very interesting story. I'm glad we can share it here. I think uh, hopefully this uh, conversation turns some heads and, and, and starts looking at this project and in Botswana because it, it is pretty fascinating, a very large project. So, uh, Danny, thanks so much for this introduction and best of luck the rest of the year. Let's stay in touch. Fantastic. Trevor, thanks for your time. Yep. All right, everybody. That is your introduction to Johnny Metals. Again, trading on the Venture Exchange with the symbol EMM. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.